God. God is good to us. Let's um, go over to Isaiah 53. And uh, we want to continue with this. We've been on for a number of weeks, trusting in healing redemption. And um, look at some of this this morning. Uh, getting in this flow of healing, which is what we're attempting to do, there, there, um, we have to maintain a healing flow in our life. And, you know, faith is just simply what you believe. What you believe is your faith. Uh, that's, that's at the root of everything that we believe. And uh, healing's no exception. It's, it comes down to what do you believe about, uh, not just what the Word says, what do you believe about healing? And that uh, eliminates all of the guilt and the condemnation and the shame that people have, you know, going to the doctor or taking medicine or anything of that, the goofy things that goofy people bring up. Well, you know, if, if, if you were really healed, you wouldn't be doing this or you wouldn't have went to the doctor. Well, that's dumb. That's just dumb. There's no other way to put it. Uh, we need to pray that a spirit of wisdom would come on that person because that, that's just dumb. Now, that's not the flow I want to live in, meaning that, that there's a better system, all right? But what do you believe? I have a, a friend of mine, and uh, uh, he... Uh, uh, I won't go into all the story, but uh, the Lord had uh, dealt with him a uh, certain situation to go to the doctor. Well, he went to the doctor and, and come to find out there was there was cancer in his body. And uh, when he found that out, actually, when they said uh, this level is high and so we want to uh, do some more tests and find out if it is. And he just went to the Lord and he said, Lord, here's the issue. He said, if the test comes back uh, negative, I'm going to thank you that you took it. And he said, if the test comes back negative, I'm going to thank you that you took it. It doesn't change anything. Changes nothing. And uh, uh, so it's trusting in this healing redemption. I have to consistently place my trust in the healing that belongs to me. The healing that's mine through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And we've made the statement throughout these number of weeks. I think this is the seventh or eighth week we've taught on this. We've, we've made the statement throughout these number of weeks that uh, when, when I see a scripture on redemption, that it not only go, does my mind and my, my thinking go to I'm redeemed from sin, I'm redeemed from uh, these, these things spiritually, I'm redeemed from sickness, I'm redeemed from poverty. That's maintaining that healing flow. So Isaiah 53, we'll go through these very quickly because this is going to be uh, our uh, foundation scripture uh, today as we look at this. But we, we have these three and uh, it we consistently see the word our in these verses. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. One translation says uh, he was the one who lifted up our sickness. He carried our pain. We ourselves assumed him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Uh, Matthew eight sixteen and 17, uh, the Madsen translation says, He has taken our sicknesses from us. He's borne all of our infirmities. Moffat says he took away our sicknesses and our diseases he removed. Uh, the New English Bible says he took away our illnesses and lifted our diseases from us. And then finally, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, uh, it says his wounds were the means through which we received healing. Now, now notice this is Peter. People will point out looking back at the cross. And look what he says. His wounds were the means through which we received we received healing. I received it when they were given to him. That's how we received it. That's, that's where it was received. 
Another translation, God's word said, his wounds have healed you. All right. Uh, Another translation says, we're healed because of his wounds. And so over and over again in those verses, we see the word our. So anything we see the word our, anytime we see the word our in relation to Christ's suffering, it's something that he did vicariously for me. It's something that he did in my place or as a substitute. And I made the statement over and over again in these, in these, over these weeks that most believers have no trouble just entering in that and grabbing that where their sins are concerned. And for a lot of believers, that's where it ends. Well, he carried my sin. And they don't ever get into what he made us and what he developed in us and what he caused to happen to us. Uh, but they have no problem believing that he paid for the sins. Well, but here's the thing. I heard one minister say it this way. When you buy a pair of shoes, uh, you don't just get the sole. You get the tongue. You get the heel. You get the laces. Right? You get, you get the shoe. If you get a pair of shoes and you have to pay for the tongue separate, you didn't get a full pair of shoes. Now that, that seems like an oversimplification. But here's how people look at it. Saved people. Well, I'm born again and I have to be healed. I'm saved and I have to be delivered. I'm born again and I have to, then you fill in the blank. But Scripture says that when I was saved, I received it all. Not just the propensity for it to happen. I received it then. Hallelujah. So anytime I see where Christ suffered as my substitute, healing was included. It was included in that. Now, you're right there in Isaiah 53. We want to look at this uh, more in depth today. Starting in verse 4, Isaiah 53. Well, we should start in verse 1 because this is Isaiah's account of uh, what we refer to as the suffering servant. And it says, Who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm or the strength or the might of the Lord revealed? For he, Jesus, shall grow up before him, God, as a tender plant, And as a root out of a dry ground, he, Jesus, has no form nor comeliness. In other words, nothing extravagant about him. There wasn't anything overwhelmingly extravagant about Jesus that made him stand out from the crowd. That's so important. Why? Because he became a man. You know, contrary to what people make movies and, and write books, You know, Jesus didn't run around with a halo over his head. There wasn't a glow emanating from Jesus. Well, Pastor, I don't don't agree with that. Well, you've got to disagree with Scripture to not agree with it. So that's up to you. See, this is important. Because everything Jesus did, he did as a man in your place. And my ideas about how Jesus was go a long way in speaking to what I'm going to believe about what he'll do. All right? And it says, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. So, you know, I'm not saying Jesus was ugly. That's not what I'm saying. I might get some ugly letters if I do that. But it's saying Jesus was not some outstanding physical specimen that caused people to look at him and go, wow, that guy's somebody, right? Notice, he is despised and rejected of men. So rather than being accepted and desired, he's rejected. People, his own family rejected him. His his family said he was crazy. That's what his brothers said. He's mad. That's what they said. 
a man of sorrows. Well, not sorrows in the sense of depression or walking around sad. He was hurt. He could be hurt physically, emotionally. Jesus, Jesus suffered that. All right? And he's acquainted with grief. Well, he became acquainted with grief on the cross. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely, here's this word, surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows or bore our sicknesses and our diseases. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Notice, he bore our griefs, our sicknesses and our diseases, yet we thought that he was smitten of God and afflicted. Yet what he was carrying was our sicknesses and our diseases. All right? But he was wounded. Notice the word but. So it says this is what we thought, but this is what was happening. We thought he was smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, notice with his stripes, we are healed. And and he starts this whole dissertation off with the word surely. The word surely means firmly, certainly, or truly. Firmly, certainly, or truly. We could say without doubt. It also means but indeed or but in fact. Now notice, why is that important? Because it says we esteemed him not. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But if we look at what the word means, We could say, but in fact, he was bearing our sicknesses and our diseases. This is important because you're seeing what he did. And we know in our believer mindset that he didn't do anything to deserve this. If he didn't do anything to deserve it, then there had to be a reason he was doing it. And it says, but in fact, it was our sicknesses and our diseases he was carrying. You know, sometimes people read things in the Old Testament and it's not quite as clear. It's because they couldn't understand what they were seeing. This this is why Isaiah never said, this is the son of God. He said, this is the servant of God. That's what he could see. The Bible says the Bible says they saw things and they couldn't comprehend that it was Jesus. And it says you see it in Jesus and that's what they were wanting to see. But they couldn't see it because it wasn't made clear till Jesus came. It couldn't be as clear to them as it is to us because the enemy could try to get in there and mess it up. It's so clear to us because it's finished. Nothing the devil can do about what's already done. Oh, glory to God. That's why he couldn't stop Jesus from getting in the earth because the covenant with Abraham was already made. Wasn't anything he could do. Hallelujah. And the fact that a man suffered and a man shed his blood and a man died means the enemy can't get in there because it was something a man did, a righteous man, a holy man, a perfect man, And the enemy can't get in it because the enemy's not a man, whether you know it or not. So he can't get into it. He can't stop what's already been paid for. Oh, glory to God. And that's why he says, surely, certainly, truly, without doubt, this is what he did. In fact, certainly, truly, in fact, he was carrying our sicknesses And bearing our diseases. Hallelujah. 
So that's important because what we see here is this. We thought he was despised and rejected, and we hid our faces from him, but in fact, he was bearing our sicknesses and our diseases. So in other words, we thought this was happening when in fact this was happening. Hallelujah. People thought on the cross that Jesus was being punished by God because of something he did wrong, when in fact, he was being punished by God for something we did wrong. And here's the thing. My God. Here's the thing. You hadn't even done the wrong that he was suffering for yet. But because God's eternal, he could punish Jesus for something you hadn't done yet. Because eternal, uh, redemption is eternal. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. One translation, the NIRV says, people looked down on him. They didn't accept him. He knew all about pain and suffering. He was like somebody people turned their faces away from. We looked down on him. We didn't have any respect for him. He suffered the things we should have suffered. He took on himself the pain that should have been ours. But we thought God was punishing him. We thought God was wounding him and making him suffer. But the servant was pierced because we had sinned. He was crushed because we had done what was evil. He was punished to make us whole again. His wounds have healed us. Oh, glory to God. So, they were his wounds that healed us. But it was our sin and our guilt that he suffered for. Hallelujah. Yet, those wounds that he took healed us. Mm. So, surely... When it says surely, it settles the fact on two scores. He certainly, truly bore sickness and disease to the cross. That's the first one. He surely did that. The second fact is they were our sicknesses and our diseases. And he bore them to the cross. Surely he did that. Certainly, he did that. Oh, hallelujah. So notice, they've already been carried and paid for. It's paid for. Now, I, I go back on these things because, you know, when people give an altar call, when, they, when they're leading someone to the Lord, they say the only thing you have to do is believe that he did it. That's all you've got to do. And, and, the, and, the, and the price is paid. We sing that song in church when I was a kid growing up. The old account was settled long ago. Hallelujah. The record's clear today. Jesus washed my sins away because the old account was settled long ago. Right? Remember how it went long ago, long ago? Yes, the old account was settled long ago. Some of y'all haven't been saved that long. But in any event, the point is, in other words, there was an account against you. There was an account. You had an account that was against you. But when Jesus shed his blood, that account was settled. It was wiped out. Now, that's true. That's absolutely true. Right? So we can say without any damage to Scripture or any theological uh, argument that for everybody in the world, the debt has been paid. Everybody's not going to accept it and walk in it, but it's paid. Because the Bible says Jesus shed his blood once for all. Right? So what does that mean? The debt for sin has been paid. The price for healing has been paid. 
All I have to do is believe it. Hallelujah. So they've already been carried and paid for. That occurred when we were born again. We just have to, in simple faith, receive what has certainly, truly been paid for. That's where it starts. I receive it. I receive it. Hallelujah. You know, when we pray with people and we say, I receive Jesus into my heart, well, you know, there's not a little door in your heart and a little Jesus comes in your heart. I receive what he did for me. What he did for me, oh, receiving what he did for me means I believe I am what he says I am. Okay, I receive that. I receive Jesus as my Savior. Then I'm saying, I believe I'm saved. Well, I receive Jesus as my healer. Then you believe you're healed. That, that, that's it. See, it's not, it's not, Lord, help me say this so right. You were saved when you believed you were saved. But in God's mind, the price was paid. So we could say it this way. In God's mind, you were saved, but you, did, you weren't saved till you believed you were saved. Oh, hallelujah. And, that, and, that's, and that's what I've always got to look at. I have to just in simple faith believe it. Once you're saved, you're saved. Now that's important. You're no more saved 10 years after you're saved than you were 30 seconds after you were saved. You might know more. You might have a stronger walk with God, but I'm no more saved today than I was when I got saved at 8 years old. I'm not more saved. I have more knowledge, but I'm not more saved. Again, that sounds elementary, but here's the thing. You're not going to be more healed when you feel it than you are right now. Because it was all bought and paid for at the same time. Yeah, but I won't have to deal with this and I won't have to deal with that. Well, I understand. Oh, Lord, help me. But that is not evidence that you're healed. What you believe is evidence that you're healed. Hallelujah. I've got different ones watching online, different ones right here in the room. You believe that you're healed. We have not seen the complete 100% manifestation of what you are yet. Right? But, but think about this. Think about this. The Bible says that even where we're concerned, that we don't see what we're going to be yet. But we know this, that when we see him, we shall be like him. I don't see that yet, but I believe that's how it is. Woo, glory. Right? Well, well why do you believe that? Because you're saved. Well, think about it. So if, 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 if there's no pain from what you're dealing with tomorrow, that's not when you start jumping and shouting and saying, I'm healed. You were already healed. You're no more healed when the pain goes than you are today. You're just as healed as you'll ever be. Because he paid the price. Did, did you see that? And what people do is they say, well, come on up here and we believe that Jesus will heal you. No, no, come on up here and we believe that you'll see the evidence of what's already done. See, that's living in that healing flow. Now, I understand what people are saying, and, and I say it too. If you need physical healing in your body, we're going to lay hands on you. We believe God will heal you. Well, we, how can we believe God's going to heal you if it's not already paid for? It's there. It's available. 
Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? You know, in some Pentecostal circles, some that, now we didn't necessarily believe this, uh, but in some Pentecostal circles, you know, if you sin, you got to wait till you go to church the next week and you got to go to the altar again and get resaved. Now, you know, people say, what's wrong with that? Well, it keeps people in this constant mindset that what I got didn't take. If the salvation you received when you were born again cannot overcome your failures, then it's not much of a salvation. Hallelujah. Well, the salvation that you received included your healing. And it will overcome the symptoms you're experiencing. And it will overcome the report. And it will overcome the long term or the short term. It will overcome it because it's part of that so great salvation. Hallelujah. In the heart and mind of God, healing is a settled fact. And not just a settled fact in the sense that it's his will and his desire. In God's mind, you're healed. Hallelujah. Remember, I may, I may have told you this story before. And if I did, that's all right. Uh, repetition's a beautiful thing. Uh, I went to the Lord one time and told the Lord I wasn't going to minister in a service. And he asked me why. And I said, well, you know good and well why I got in the flesh today and blew up and, and just got fleshly and sinned. I know y'all have never done that. Pray for me <laughs> earnestly. Amen. But I said, so, you know, and he said, well, why not? And I said, you know good and well why not? And he said, well, who's going to preach? I said, I don't know, Michelle or somebody. I'm not. And you know, the Lord's so gracious. He said, did you ask me to forgive you? I said, yes. He said, you repented. I said, yes. He said, it is in bad taste to bring up to me what I've forgotten. Whew. Hallelujah. Now, now, think about that. Here's, now, now, I want to say this right because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not shooting, shoot real straight I, I just I want to say this if it's in bad taste for someone to bring up a sin that God has forgotten it's in bad taste to call myself something that God says I'm not I'm healed I might be dealing with this but I'm healed remember father if the report comes back positive, I'm going to thank you because you took it. If the report comes back negative, I'm going to thank you because you took it. What, what was my friend saying? It doesn't matter. I'm healed either way. I, this is what I believe. Well, the doctor had to do a procedure on this person or that person. So what does that mean? It, that just means a healed person had a procedure done on them. That's all it means. Do you know the way you address what you're dealing with now will help or hinder what you got to deal with in the future? Hallelujah. There, there are, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. There are people suffering with things that the doctor could help them with. But they're just absolutely determined that that, Bless God, that's not faith. That's a lie. You may get to the point where you never have to go to the doctor again. Let's pray, God, that that happens for all of us. But here's the issue. What does it change? Do, do you understand why, why I'm saying this? I'm trusting in healing redemption. That guy went to the doctor. What, is, what does that mean? That's, that's like saying, you know, that because you went to the doctor, you're not a man anymore. Or you're not a woman. 
Just going to the doctor doesn't mean you're not healed. Oh, hallelujah. And why is that important? You've got to maintain a healing flow. Here's what people will do. Well, I thought I was healed, but I had to go to the doctor. So you're not maintaining a healing flow. What, what does it change? I think sometimes people do a disservice when they talk about how they don't have to go to the doctor and they haven't had this and they haven't had that. Listen, here, here, here's the thing. I appreciate all of the people that will say, you know, I haven't taken medicine since this time and I haven't taken medicine and I haven't had a this. And I, I understand that and I appreciate that and I'm grateful for that. But here's the thing. It leaves people with this understanding that if I have a headache, I'm doing something wrong. When it, in reality, it's more, have I built my faith on what belongs to me? You know, if, you, if you've been married for any length of time or were married for any length of time, it took a period of time for you to build faith in the person's love that you were married to. And, and you know how you learn that? You learn that through your mistakes. When you failed and they forgave you and loved you, you know, it wasn't the birthday present they bought for you, although that shows their love for you. You know, you didn't deserve that birthday present, but they gave it to you anyway. And, and every time you look at that present, you think, oh, how much they love me, right? I mean, I do. My wife did something just simple the other day. I, there's a certain place I like to study in the house. And she rearranged it and put a table there and brought a lamp and put a lamp over there. And I got home from my Kansas trip and I said, look, you're just always thinking about me. Well, every time I look at that lamp, I'm going to think, boy, she loves me. You know what I'm not going to think? Boy, I failed her. Oh, I have failed her so miserably. Oh, I've not always been what I should be for her. I look at the lamp and I don't think how I failed. I think about how much she loves me. In spite of my failures. Every time you read Isaiah 53, you think, boy, in spite of what I've ever failed or not done in my life, he still carried all my sicknesses and all my diseases, and the price is still paid. I'm still healed. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Do, do you see that? So I have to give place, I have to give what I am first place. I am healed. Well, but the doctor says I have that, this, but I'm healed. See, that's the mindset. That's the heart set. I'm healed. Yeah, but they found this, but I'm healed. Well, what if they have to do surgery? You're healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if I was healed, they wouldn't have had to do the surgery. I'm healed. See, that, that, that's, that's not the issue. I say that's not the issue. It's, 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 <laughs> you understand? The doctor can't heal you. Only God can heal you. The doctor can help you. And we've all been helped by doctors. And thank God for them. But here's what I'm trying to explain to you. It's your mindset. If you leave that procedure thinking, well, I thought I was healed. Now, something else is going to come up. And your mindset's going to be the same. I thought I was healed. Mm, no, I'm healed. I'm healed. I got to maintain that flow of healing. I've had, you know, <laughs> there's been three or four uh, uh, national challenges that people have went through recently that Michelle and I didn't even know was going on. Because that's not our flow. You, you hear what I'm saying? If you want to maintain a flow of prosperity, you can't be in the flow thinking about how bad things are. If you're going to maintain a flow of healing, you can't be walking in the flow of what's wrong. You, see, you understand why I'm saying that? The flow of healing is I'm healed. 
Yeah, but the doctor said this. Yeah, but I'm healed. Well, your procedure's scheduled for tomorrow. What do you think now? I'm healed. What are you going to tell the doctor? Doctor, thank you for doing everything you're doing, and I appreciate your expertise, but I'm just letting you know I'm healed. Isn't that right, Mary? I'm healed. Yeah, but this, this graph says this, and this chart says this, but, yeah, I'm, but I'm healed. Amen. Why? Because that's what was paid for. Never say you are not something that Jesus paid for you to be. I would, I would, I would rather take a beating than call myself a sinner. Now why? Hear me. It costs Jesus too much for me to say that that is the same as denying him. Oh, I'm just a sinner. You just denied what Jesus did for you. Right? Well, to say, you know, I'm just sick and I can't get any better, that's to deny that Jesus paid for your healing. Right now, presently today, according to the account, you're healed. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I don't see it all yet. That's okay, but it's on record that you're healed. And what is on record will eventually manifest in your life. See, that's what Jesus said in Luke 4. In the original Greek, he said it this way. The devil said, you know, if you're the son of God, command that these stones be made to bread. And Jesus answered this way. The, the original Greek says he answered this way. Uh, uh, Satan, it is written and it is presently on record. And here's why I say this. Isaiah 53 is on record. Let's go to the record, right? If you've ever been in, in, in court, and uh, hopefully you haven't been there a lot, but if you've ever been in court, very often if it's like a two-day court ordeal or something of that nature, uh, when, when Pastor Michelle and I were adopting Liliana, we had to go to court twice on that. And uh, we went the first time and, and did what we needed to do, and then we had a second time. And the judge said, uh, uh, what's the record on what we said about that last time? It was on record. Right? There didn't need to be any discussion about it because it was on record. This is what we're going to do. Isaiah 53 has been written and it's presently on record. That with his stripes you were healed. Now, that's on record. So when you go to God and you're dealing with a physical malady and you go and you thank God and you're praising God and glorifying God for your healing, God simply goes to the record. Oh, it's on record. They're healed. Oh, hallelujah. See, when you look at it that way, something's released. And I'm not trying to get God to do something. He just goes to the record. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. They're healed. Yes. They've received my son. They're healed. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. See, that's that simple faith. I don't know where everybody was when they got saved. You know, I, I hadn't sinned a whole lot when I first got saved. You know, I've sinned some since. <laughs> and thank God I was saved. But, but here's the point. Here's the point. Ever th think about, I, I think about my wife, her new, her new book coming out, has already come out. Uh, we've got them already in stock. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I say this, I say this with her in the presence. You know, my wife just wasn't a sinner. She was a very great sinner. Right? Well, I mean, what else are you going to be uh, when you don't know anything about Jesus? You know, you're 23 years old before you ever heard anybody tell you about Jesus. You know, how's that happening in the buckle of the Bible belt? I don't know. But nonetheless, here's, here's my point. When she got born again, huh, it was that fast. Do you, my father looked at her and said, do you want a change in your life? 
And she said, for one split second, I was in my right mind. And I said, yes, I want to change in my life. And in one moment, completely delivered and set free from everything the enemy had held her in bondage since she was 15 years of age. Right? Now, here's what I'm trying to say. What happened? She called on the name of the Lord. What happened in heaven? Oh, it's on record. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Right? There, there, there was not a, a, a prosecuting attorney in heaven saying, but Lord, she was a very great sinner. And, you know, uh, does she really deserve? See, that's religion. That's not going on. What is written is written. There's no discussion. You don't question. God does. Nobody, nobody in heaven questions what's on record. See, the enemy can't even question God because he's not in heaven. He doesn't have access to the throne. Well, he's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses the brethren to the brethren. He comes and accuses you. Well, how does he accuse you where your healing's concerned? Well, if you were in faith, you wouldn't be going through this. If you were in faith, you wouldn't have had to go to the doctor. And, and you know what he's doing that? He's, he's trying to pull you away from the level of healing you've walked into and get more on you. You start buying the fact that you're not healed now, presently, you know what else he can put on you? If you're not a healed person, what are you? A sick person. That's why I'm healed. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You remember, I don't know if you saw this, Brother Copeland, when he was at the Southwest Believers here recently, and uh, he was talking about that spot that came up on his hand, and he began to pick at it and come to find out, long story short, it was cancer. And, uh, but he, after he found out it was cancer, he went home, he called his pastor and he said, I'm calling for the elders of the church. And he came and, and anointed it with oil. And he said, when he anointed it with oil, I felt the presence of God. And he said, I said out of my mouth right then, I'm healed. Now, wait a minute. He had cancer on his hand, but he said, I'm healed. Is that right? Was there cancer on his hand? What did he say? Healed. Why did he say I'm healed? That's what's on record. What's on record is not that you have cancer. What's on record is that you're healed. I would rather believe what's on record than what has come on me outside the record. Well, he went to the doctor and, the, and, the, and they explained it to him. And, and you know, uh, Jim and I have a friend uh, in Kansas that he, he deals with these things too and has dealt with them. And what the doctor said was, uh, said, oh, the nurse said the doctor's going to come in and what he's going to do is he's going to slice a layer off that lesion and take it and, and, you know, as long as there's cancer cells present, he'll keep shaving. Right? Well, the doctor came in and, and took one slice and they said, you could be here anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours. He's about 25 minutes or so later, she came back and said, well, doctor says there's no more cancer cells. You can go home. Well, he said, Here's what he said. He said, I thought, well, yeah, of course not. Because I received my healing when hands were laid on me. It's on record. This is what's on record. I'm healed. My heart is strong because that's what's on record. I'm a cancer-free zone because that's what's on record. Well, what if you're diagnosed with cancer? It doesn't change the record. You understand? Even if I'm diagnosed with something, it doesn't change the record that I'm healed. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Do, do you see that? And that's where people miss it. That's where people miss it. They, they get under condemnation. And, and condemnation is a violation of your record. Because you're not guilty. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, I know I'm not guilty. Okay, so then the next time you miss it, you won't act guilty, will you? You'll just act like somebody that missed it and made a mistake. 
One of the greatest acts of faith you'll ever take is when you miss the mark and you repent, you get back up and call yourself righteous. That's one of the greatest acts of faith you'll ever make. Because that, that, that's, that's what the enemy works through to rob you of everything else. There are people watching me, maybe people even here in the room. You're still thinking that your sickness is somehow okay because you caused it. Well, it's not in the record that you're healed as long as you didn't cause it. Well, you know, I, I smoked too many years, and you know, what do you expect? I, I expect that if he could make me a new creature in my spirit, he can give me new lungs. That's what's on record. The guy that was smoking was a dumb sinner. Is that right? Oh, hallelujah. I know better now. Mm. You see, this is how you have to think. I've, I've helped people with this because there are people that they white knuckle it where uh, healing is concerned. I'm healed. I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. Oh, the pain. Oh, the oh, Lord, I wish you'd heal me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do You see all that white knuckling? It's getting you nothing. That's the same way people do with, with sin and living right. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I did it. I'm not going to do it again ever again. I'll never do that again. I did it again. See, they think that this is how they're going to do it. They give no credence to what's on record. Are you a new creature? Then you're a new creature. That's, on, that's what's on record. Do new creatures miss it? Yes. Why? Because new creatures are in the flesh. But it doesn't change what I am. Whoo! My Lord. This is good if I do say so myself. I preached myself happy about 20 minutes ago. But that's what's on record. That's what God sees and that's why he said when you come put me in remembrance of my word put me in remembrance of what's on record when somebody comes to God and acts like a sinner God goes I don't understand what you mean did do you understand that he said that when you sin now I'm not talking about sin I'm talking about this whole package of redemption it applies to healing he said first John 1 9 he said, he said, if we sin and we confess our sin, he's faithful. Now, faithful to what? What's written? He's faithful and just to what? Forgive our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What, what did he say you had to do? Confess. You had to repent. Is that right? Lord, I missed it. Well, what just happened right there? According to what's written, it's removed. Is that right? Now, now, help me with this. Where does it say in that verse that you're no longer saved because you sinned? Doesn't say that. Is that right? Well, saved folks don't sin. Really, are you saved? Have you ever sinned while you were saved? Now, now, I'm saying this for a reason. So, because you sinned, it didn't do away with your salvation. Right? Well, if you're healed, the fact that you're dealing with something right now doesn't mean you're not healed. Because he goes by what's on record. No, they're saved. Yeah, but I missed it. Yeah, but you're saved. If you've got kids in here, have they ever missed it? Have they ever just really, you know, I don't like to use the word disappointed, but have they ever disappointed you? You know, you're like, you just expected more out of them. Well, you know, when they got home from school, they didn't find the door locked and a note that said, you know, you are no longer welcome in this house because of your mistake. 
right? Now, you don't understand what I'm talking about. No, no, they're, they're your children. I'm healed despite what I feel because I'm basing that on what's on record. Oh, hallelujah. He said, by his stripes, notice, we are healed. The word are, it means to be or to exist. Am, is, are, was, were, state of being verbs. We are. In other words, I exist as healed. It's, it's a state of being. With the stripes Jesus received, I am presently healed. That might be how you have to talk, depending on what you're dealing with. Someone says, how are you healed? Well, I don't understand. Well, you don't need to. I am healed. <laughs> well, how are you feeling today? Healed. Hey, how's that? What you're dealing with? How's it going? Healed. Why? Because I'm. This is what I am. Right? What's the doctor say? Uh, this is one of our heart patients. This is one of our cancer patients. You got to answer that. I'm a healed patient. I might be here because my heart has an issue, but I'm healed. Right? What do you have? Healing. What are you dealing with? Health. Overwhelming health. Amen. Mm. The stripes represented the punishment necessary to make us well. Sickness had a right in the earth because of the curse. Christ redeemed me from the curse. But even though Christ, how did Christ come to redeem me from the curse? He took the punishment for what had allowed sickness in the earth. Mm. One translation says, the punishment which made us well was given to him and we're healed because of his wounds. The punishment which made us well, was given to him. He was punished. I was made well. Hallelujah. That's good gospel news. In, uh, so the marks on his body were proof that I'm healed. It's proof. In uh, Deuteronomy 25, this is uh, important sometimes that we see these things. Because this is where the idea of the stripes came from. And uh, verse 1, Deuteronomy 25, verse 1. If there's a controversy between men and they come to judgment, notice they come to judgment, that the judge may judge them. Now God is the judge. Now, here he's talking about natural men. But in the context of redemption, God is the judge. And notice, two men have come because there's a controversy. And there needs to be a judgment made. Notice, then they shall, notice this, justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. Now, follow your redemption parallel here. So you got two men, one righteous and one wicked. And the Bible says here that in this case, the righteous would be justified and the wicked would be condemned. But yet when Jesus paid the price, the righteous was condemned and the wicked was justified. That was us. Now notice. And it shall be, if the wicked man be worthy to be beaten. 
that the judge will cause him to lie down and to be beaten before his face according to his fault by a certain number. So the idea there is that Jesus was judged guilty in my place. And he laid down before the face of the Father and the Father watched him take that punishment. Oh, glory to God. I'll hear people say, you know, the father turned his face away from the punishment of Jesus. I don't think so. I'm not going to argue with them, but I don't think so. Because he's the righteous judge. And the Bible says that his soul was satisfied by the punishment that Jesus received. In other words, God saw the punishment and said, that's enough. That's exactly enough to redeem them from sin, from sickness, from poverty, and defeat. He had to see that the, that, the, that the total cup of punishment fell on Jesus. Glory to God. And here it says 40 stripes he may give him and not exceed. Now, why is this important? This, these stripes were punishment for the wicked man. He was beaten because of his fault. But yet, we read just a moment ago, The punishment that made us well was given to him and we're healed because of his wounds. Jesus was not wicked. We were. Jesus had no fault. We did. Jesus willingly laid down and took the punishment that would result in our healing. Anything Jesus did is ours right now. Hallelujah. Now, Some say, you know, Jesus received 39 stripes. Well, he did. Uh, And and that uh, that was a way for the people in his time, the leaders in his time, uh, to make sure that this 40 wasn't exceeded. They, They stopped it short at 39. But nonetheless, some say Jesus received 39 stripes. Now, it was interesting that at one time, there were 39 major diseases at one time. I don't know if that's still the case. But if he was beaten with a whip that had nine strands, then in reality he received 351 stripes. Would that be right? Nine times 39? 351. Now here's why. It had to cover everything. There's not a disease this doesn't cover. That's what the scripture says in Deuteronomy 28. It says that if you don't want to willingly serve God, every disease and every sickness that's not written will come on you. Well, what does that mean? Because I am redeemed because I'm redeemed from the curse of the law every sickness and every disease that I don't even know about will not come on me I can be healed of it because he paid the price so no matter what sickness or what disease is faced the price been has been paid it's been been paid for been taken care of healing is bought and paid for it's on record a settled fact Hallelujah. Glory to God. I have, I have the receipt. And that's why when the enemy, I say the enemy, or just something tries to come on you, you've got to pull out the receipt. Right? If somebody called you tomorrow, and maybe there's a bill you paid last week, however you paid it, online, sent a check, went in, whatever you did, and they said, hey, I need you to come down and pay this. Well, I hope you're not just going to go, okay. No, you're going to say, uh, no, hang on a second. I paid that last week. I sent it out on this day. Here's my check number. Or I went in the store and paid that. Here's my receipt. I talked to this person. Right? Amen. 
When that sickness, that disease tries to come on, you know, wait a minute, hang, hang on. I have my receipt here. Right? I went to Isaiah 53 and 5 the other day, and it says that I was healed. So that's what's on record. Amen. So it's, in closing, it's not I'm trying to get something done as much as it is I'm believing what's already occurred. Now that, that's the walk of faith. That's the walk of faith. Yeah, but I'm, I'm you know, Pastor, I'm taking medicine for this. Well, that medicine is not going to heal you. It'll keep the symptoms down while God works on you. But God will heal you. Hallelujah. Well, I don't want to take that medicine anymore. Well, here's what you're telling me, is that as long as you're taking that medicine, you're not going to call yourself healed. And until you call yourself healed, you won't be. Because this is what's on record. Amen. Hallelujah. That's so important. You can't worry about what people think. If you care about what people think, you don't believe what you say you believe. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, I learned a long time ago uh, as a pastor, if I'm concerned that I might offend somebody at some point because I tell the truth, then I don't really believe what I believe. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Well, you know, that guy said he was healed, and, and he got a pacemaker put in. Well, what does that mean? Well, exactly what does that mean? How does that change the fact that he's healed? <laughs> there are people that won't go to the doctor that are just as sick as the people they're running down that do go to the doctor. Probably more sick. Well, bless God, I don't go to the doctor. I know, and, 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 but you're not better. My, my point that I'm trying to make to you is if you miss it tomorrow and sin, that doesn't mean you're not saved. If you've got to go home tonight, today, right now, and take medicine, that doesn't mean you're not healed. I am what's on record. Amen. That, that's, that's, that's so important. I mean, who cares? Who cares as long as the end result is the same? That's so key. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. I remember, I'll end with this. I remember years ago, this would have been back in the, oh my goodness, the early 80s, early 80s. And uh, Jimmy Swaggart was just a fixture in our home. I mean, every Sunday. Uh, we're watching Jimmy, and we love Jimmy. Loved him then, still love him now. And uh, uh, But I remember the talk in church. I was probably 13, I guess, maybe 14. And uh, so I heard two ladies talking. And they were like, uh, uh, did, uh, did uh, you see Jimmy Swaggart this morning? And the lady was like, well, I don't remember if she said yes, or I think she did. And they said, well, you know, Jimmy, he don't believe what he used to believe. She said, well, why not? I said, he's wearing glasses now. That was a big thing because he was wearing glasses. You know, I laugh at people sometimes because uh, they, they bring up Brother Hagin. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people that were very close to Brother Hagin. And the people that were uh, a part of, we, very close to Brother Hagin. And I've seen it with Brother Hagin. You know, they'll, they'll put somebody down for wearing glasses. And they, they, they've never seen, they've never heard where Brother Hagin said he had his glasses in his pocket. And he said, I only have to use these when the light's not very good. But he had glasses in his pocket. Just watch the St. Louis victory, the St. Louis uh, Holy Ghost meetings from 1997. You'll see them. Amen. If, if you think... It's only faith if you're not wearing glasses. You might be squinting a lot. Right? 
Like the guy said one time, there, there was a, a young Raymond grad, he said, uh, yeah, I don't watch TV. A friend of mine that was close to Brother Hagin, he said, well, why not? And he said, well, because I'm like Brother Hagin. He said, uh, I don't watch TV. Brother Hagin don't watch TV, so I don't watch TV. And my friend said, he didn't know I'd been in Brother Hagin's house. And Brother Hagin not only watched TV, he had three of them that would be on all at the same time. Now, my point that I'm trying to make is people will hear something. Well, if that, that guy was really healed, if she was really healed, she wouldn't be. No, I'm healed based on what's on record. Amen. And, and that might be what's keeping that person from being healed is they're so critical of other people. If you need God to do something in your body, keep your mouth off what other people are doing. Because you can't heal them. And if you're dealing with it yourself, it's evident that we're walking it out. So if you can't heal yourself, how are you qualified to tell that person why they're not healed? There's only one person that can tell us why we're not healed, and that's the one that can heal us. Hallelujah. That's good stuff. Father, thank you today. We thank you for the healing power of God flowing through this room. We thank you for the healing power of God flowing through, Lord, the cameras, flowing to those that are in need of physical healing, both here and watching online. And we speak the word of God to them based on what is written and presently on record, that they are the healed of the Lord. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for effecting a quick cure, for effecting a quick remedy, and may their health spring forth speedily. In the name of Jesus, we call it done and say it shall be so. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We'll join us next Tuesday, same time, for another great healing school. We'll be here tomorrow night ministering the Word of God. Till that time, be sure to build your faith. Keep the switch faith turned on. God bless.